0: The guys are ready, so let's hand over to Rob Rose, JB, PB and Aldrin, and get on with
1: the show. Welcome to the
2: Club Club Dub Football 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 Podcast. Where the only question is,
1: Does your team make it into the club?
2: Well, hi, gentlemen. Hi, Rob. In the week where we're without Aldrin, we wish him well in his one-week hiatus. We have some pretty meaty things to discuss when it comes to the topics of conversation on a Pickham podcast. You could argue we have the second biggest weekend of the NFL season as we head into both the AFC and NFC Championship games. Great news for you in listenerland. You'll get loads of top opinion and jibber-jabber, all in a nice, neat little, I don't know, shorter-than-usual parcel. Only two games to review, but as I said, they could barely be bigger. NFC and AFC Championship games ahead of us. And JB, as you're a Steelers fan, you have that AFC tie. Greater interest, let's put it that way. A greater interest of all things AFC. Shall we do AFC Championship game first? And shall I throw over to you as to what you think can be the key deciding factors between a resurgent Kansas City Chiefs and a much better than build Cincinnati Bengals?
1: Uh, This feels like a game that's going to come down to who can stop the other or who can score more points than the other. Um, if if both teams Score, play scoring to them, more
2: points than the other is definitely what it will come down to. By the well, way, yes, no, but sorry, just as in as
1: in a this isn't going to be a, a defensive a defensive battle like we saw with the Saturday games in the divisional round. This absolutely feels like, I, I mean, in all honesty, both of these games and potentially the Super Bowl that we're going to get of them all feel like these could just be absolute bombs away games, yeah,
2: chucks away games, um, couldn't they?
1: Which which admittedly is kind of how the Bengals have had so much success. It's just like Burroughs is like, ah, chase is over there somewhere. And then he takes it like 70, 60, 50, 40 touchdown yards to get them the win. Um, but then, like we talked a little bit about it in the in the the review show as well, that that link in Kansas City between Mahomes and Kelsey, that link with Tyreek Hill, the speed there, kind of we've seen Byron Pringle pr- uh, producing plays. Their running game is kind of a little bit of you know ride the hot hand, see who's doing well for the moment without a clear number one, and it all seems to be working. And yeah, I think this kind of feels a lot like you're going to need to find the weakness in the armor um to to really do anything with it for the bengals at the weekend that felt an awful lot like you need to get pressure on joe burrow with the chiefs it does kind of just feel like you just need to capitalize on the opportunities that you get like you know be it uh turnovers be it three and outs be it anything that doesn't involve points being scored if the Chiefs don't get points, you have to make sure you get something on your next drive to make sure you, you're staying in the running. Um, yeah, just it. I don't think I've looked forward to the potential of either championship game so much so far and don't get me wrong part of that with with respect to what i'm assuming is the next person who's going to speak on this podcast is because you're not just kind of look here waiting to see who's going to go up against tom brady
2: yeah no tb12 as part of the equation is um, is a bit of a rarity in the last 20 years in the nfl um but i like your point i i can't see how it could be a defensive stalemate Uh, I think the Bengals feel very physical, but they don't feel, you know, uh, well enough um, stacked at any of those defensive positions. Same with the Chiefs. I mean, we've talked all year about their weaknesses at safety. But the other point you made when you talked about the difference makers about stopping the quarterback and potentially forcing turnovers comes from getting pressure on those quarterbacks and making sure those quarterbacks don't stay upright. And I think both teams have a chance of doing that. They both have the ability with certain star players in those D-lines to to maybe put pressure on the other. Do you see one team having a particular advantage? I mean, there is the argument that, you know, could it be another game where whoever has the ball last wins? But do you see when you match these two up, looking back to the regular season game maybe where it was like you say, bombs away, chucks away, and the Bengals edged it. Does one of these teams have an advantage when you effectively match them up against each other?
1: I would say maybe you give it to the Chiefs in terms of overall experience of the coaching staff, in terms of overall experience of of the players in in these kind of environments, like the the key chiefs players that we're talking about this is going to be what their third third or fourth depending on tenure on the roster afc championship game in a row it'll be for some of them the potential to go to what their third super bowl in a row so compared to a bengals team that is never really been in these kind of positions with with those kinds of expectations on them you might you might lead it to the chiefs but it's like wafer thin. It's like, you know, measuring whether you got the the first down with an index card thin.
2: Game of fine margins. PB, how do you see it? I
0: think if it's anything like their week 17 game, it will be a great contest. You know, that was just an absolute shootout. You know, if we see plays like Jamar Chase darting through the whole chiefs defense, you know, twisting and turning and, you know and, and, and kind of sprinting down to the end zone I don't know it's going to be a, I can see it being a great spectacle but the worry is when you look forward to it so much you know that uh, what could be a great offensive game you, you know it can always turn out to be a bit of a damp squib. but um, I think it's I, I I don't want to say, you don't want to jinx it, do you? But I can't see anything other than a, a massive offensive shootout because I don't think either team is particularly great on, on defence. I think the Chiefs, if they're missing Tyra Matthew as well, is going to be a big loss and, and really affect their secondary. Um, but they, they just seem to have focused their weapons on the offensive side of the ball. You know, we talked on Tuesday about the Bengals being a, a young and, and kind of a uh, a young attacking team. Um and the Chiefs have just got so many weapons on on that side of the ball, you know, through the air. Uh, it's just hard not to see it being that that kind of shootout game. But um, yeah, I mean, that's how I how I kind of see it going. I just can't. I think they're too too much on the attacking side of the ball for them to to kind of go into their shell and and just play defensive.
2: And and also, I think the other thing that you've both kind of touched on is when they're moving down the field, I think these are teams that are going to have to take risks. I mean, if the game starts with a number of scores and no guarantee of that, you know, are these teams going to be satisfied getting into the red zone and, and coming away with three? You know, are either team going to have that mindset? Um, the, the great thing for me is that, you know, you often talk about red zone offense, but I think with the Chiefs, what we've seen over the last couple of years, is quick strike ability. You know, they're not only a threat from the red zone, they're a threat from the halfway line. They're a threat from their own 30 because they've got players like Tyree Kill, who just stretch the field and just have incredible body control. And you've got to say that the Bengals, and I, I haven't seen this all season, but in the last five or six weeks, you've got to say the Bengals have that about them as well. I mean, for all the things... Jamar Chase can do, his ability, like you said, Phil, to run through defences, to make players miss, and a lot of it from the sidelines. You know, he'll maybe, you know, more naturally comes into those spaces in the middle of the field, where actually Chase, I think, can just hurt you in so many ways. He can just, you know, run down that sideline and be the favourite to win, you know, eight, nine out of ten jump balls. Um, I think that could make it... uh, (sighs) Have we seen the likes of it? I mean, if it wasn't coming hot off the heels of the the Chiefs' bills, I'd say have we seen the likes of it in years, but certainly have we seen the likes of it in an AFC game? I don't think we have. I, I think a Brady offense, as you know, so often has been in the AFC games with the Patriots over the years, is a different type of football team. These two teams just... As much as they're good on offense, they they equally just don't know when they're beat, do they? You know, the the Bengals came back in that regular season game in a way that young teams so often don't. Um, I'm with you, Phil. How on earth can this be anything other than absolute box office? Well, there was
1: something we didn't talk about in kind of the review show or really the preview show last week was kind of that growing groundswell around the discussion of Patrick Mahomes, versus josh allen being this quarterback generations manning versus brady and there is a part of me that might be getting swept up in kind of the the in bengal's fever um in in kind of the 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 feeling of hope you get from watching a perennial underachiever with with all respect to to everybody in cincinnati and everybody who follows cincinnati but an underachieving team finally coming good but is there going to be a well actually maybe we're looking at it in the instead of we're doing away with this is quarterback a versus quarterback b maybe this generation's quarterback is a triple threat between joe burrow patrick mahomes and josh allen and kind of it's you know you you can you can get one of them in the in the super bowl every year and if all of them keep playing like they're playing i'd absolutely have that every season but but expanded to a four corners by adding whoever it is that the steelers draft to replace big ben come on steelers
2: you know, their replacement of um, the man you call large, Benjamin, is is one topic. The other thing, though, actually, it does make me think, and, and Aldra made this point last week. In fact, I think all of us have made it at some point in the playoffs. Just what a pity it is that we didn't have the Chargers. I actually thought the Raiders were a good playoff team. I thought they performed very well against the Bengals. And they, you know, they don't the right to be there. But it does show in these big games what a quarterback can do. You know, I don't mind a, a defensive game. But but at this time of the season, you know, to have these superstar quarterbacks doing the most remarkable things ju- just makes for, you know, just a brilliant sporting spectacle. I mean, you said it on the Tuesday show for, you know, in what other sport do you get the weekend we've just had? And, you know, I don't want to jinx it either, but you wouldn't bet against it, would you, with these two teams? So if we've talked about the Chiefs slightly to say their weakness is the secondary, particularly at the safety position at the moment, if you're without Tyron Matthew, um, is there a weakness for the Bengals beyond their inability at times to protect protect Joe Burrow? I mean, is there a weakness that the Chiefs will be looking at when they look at Cincinnati on game tape thinking, you know what, we're just the kind of team to exploit that? it's,
0: It's tough to say. I mean, they did a great job against the Titans, didn't they? Restricting the score there, or whether that was just down to the, the Titans poor play, I suppose is is up for, for argument. But uh, they're not a defense that I particularly think is stifling, you know. I, I I probably would put it more down to the Titans not playing particularly well because if you think back to the last time they played Kansas City as I alluded to earlier in week 17, you know, it wasn't so much that they stopped Kansas City scoring, you know, because they put up a lot of points as well. It was more the Bengals had the ball last and they had those, you know, fortuitous couple of flags right at the end, which allowed them to get the chip shot field goal. So, um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think their defence is going to be anything that, you know, Andy Reid and Mahomes are going to sit there and be worrying about this week. I just think, you know, the, the Bengals shot at it is, to, is to still be in the game in the last, you know, the last kind of couple of minutes of the fourth quarter and, and get the ball last. I think that's, you know, if, if Burrows got his hands on the ball, and they're a field goal behind or or maybe, you know, five or six points behind, then potentially you think they've got a shot. And I think if you offered that to them now, they'd probably be happy with
2: that. Yeah, with the season Burrows had, I think you take it. I mean, the other weird thing about the Chiefs, when you say them not fearing the Bengals' defence, I mean, is there a better defence in the NFL? They weren't always, they had some off days, but, but then the Bills, and I mean, I think, you know, the Chiefs, probably put up their best performance of the season last weekend Um, I mean do we think being at home I mean we haven't really seen home field advantage pay off in many cases in the playoffs so far particularly the number one seeds from the AFC and NFC but do we think the Chiefs being at Arrowhead gives them any significant advantage at all
1: yeah, absolutely. I think I think you're right to kind of call out that home field advantage hasn't always been felt. Certainly didn't feel like it in in Tennessee on the Saturday. But as kind of Phil brought up when we were talking about the Bucks Rams game, it definitely sounded like that Bucks crowd helped them push forward to victory and I can't remember if Kansas City is currently the loud rated as the loudest stadium in the league. I think they did. I think they took it back from Seattle a I season or two ago. Well, yeah, I think yeah. so. Phil, Phil is also nodding, and this does feel like the kind of thing Phil would be sure of. Um, so I think like chance to go to a third. Let's say chance to go to a third Super Bowl in the will Get Mahomes' second ring and just confirm that he is the, he is the best of the rising quarterback class. I think everyone in that stadium is going to be bang up for it.
2: Yeah. Uh I mean it's funny because, you know, you you referenced um on Tuesday and just said the difference that the Bucks fans made in the second half against the Rams. I think on Tuesday, Phil, you mentioned, you know, it was the that kind of random snap, wasn't it, that went back over Stafford's head that had such a big impact in the second half. But ultimately there's also that aspect of if you fall behind, fans on your back sounds of discontent but then you know who's better at coming back from a 14 point deficit in the blink of an eye than the kansas city chiefs you you feel like all these teams left now have got quarterbacks that give you a chance i mean jimmy garoppolo isn't amazing but what he's done in the fourth quarter in what four of the last five weeks i think it has to be noted as well when we get to the nfc side of things um mahomes versus i mean are we putting burrow in this bracket of quarterbacks Has, I mean, Burrow's had the kind of year this year that Herbert had last year and this year. I mean, is Burrow an elite quarterback? Let's make that our last talking point before we pick who's heading into club dub. JB, yay or nay, Joe Burrow is elite level.
1: Yes. Over to you, PB.
0: I don't Yes, I think so, because, I mean, he can he can move the ball through the air. He's great on his feet as well. So, yes, I think he is elite. I don't think you can put him on the, you know, if everybody has Mahomes as number one as the gold standard of the current crop, I don't know if you can put Alan there because he's not made it that far yet. You know, they got to the NFC Championship game last year. I think if you, if you got into the Super Bowl this year, then then, you know, you'd put him on that same level. But, yes, I think he is elite. I think he's top five in the league
2: top five in the league for Joe Burrow gives the Cincinnati Bengals every chance. Um, I just want to mention really quickly, I think Mixon could have a part to play. I think you're absolutely right that there is, uh, I think you said it, JB, the hot hand in Kansas City. You know, they've, they've got a few options. You think, I don't know, you hope an injury doesn't, you know, tip this game one way or the other do you hope you get something more akin to the chiefs bills last weekend where you do have the Mixons, the burrows the chases up against you know the kelseys and and the hills and the mahomes um but yeah i think without Mixon, that run game doesn't really have the depth that they have in kc um but equally, a good game from Mixon could prove to be decisive. You feel if you know so much of that game is going to be focused on what's done through the air, could Mixon be a surprise kind of factor when when the dust settles? So uh, look, we've only got two games, but I think we have done our first game absolute justice. Now, because we're not picking a game each this week, rather than picking the team that goes into Club Dub as individuals, it goes to the three-way vote. Right, so. PB, I'm going to come to you first. And what I need from you is Chiefs or Bengals, brief reason why. What you got?
0: Chiefs, I just think they've been there before. They've got the experience. You know, Andy Reid, I rate, right, is a great coach. Mahomes is a, is a playmaker. You know, 13 seconds left in the game at the weekend. And, and he, he tied it up and got them to OT and then did the drive-in in OT, you, know, you know. So I just – I think they've got too much experience having been there before. Um that you can't count them out. So I'm going to go Chiefs.
2: So PB reckons Mahomes is the man that makes the impossible possible. And he's putting in the Chiefs. JB, who are you going for?
1: Uh, I am going for the Bengals. And that is because all three of you have picked the Chiefs and I want to win. Oh, you've, also... taken, you've
2: taken a bit of drama away from the tiebreaker that you just created there. But okay. Yeah. Why do you think the Bengals?
1: Um, Because I, I can't pick the Chiefs and win if all of you do as well. Um, no, I... T- I want to show a bit of faith in the Bengals and I think this would be a controversial opinion shared with a lot of other Steelers fan, but I think, I don't know if it's just the Brit in me that really wants to root for the underdog and always falls for the underdog story. But like, like I said, when I was talking about the the Bengals game the other week, there is so much connected to this Cincinnati resurgence for so many people that, yeah it was just if they got to the sleep world well would just be the best for those people and who who wouldn't want to root for other people to be happy i mean you the rest of you apparently but
2: but you know you you make a fantastic point you know we've had Teams that have had great years, you know, we always reference what the 85 Bears, the 2015 Panthers that made the Super Bowl as those great teams who just, you know, found a certain groove, but I don't think any team have done it really like the Bengals, particularly so much of it came later in the season where we really saw them explode offensively and um, I think the best thing about this game is either of these teams in the Super Bowl gives us an exciting Super Bowl. It's not like you'd love to see the Chiefs because or you'd love to see, you know, if you're a neutral, either one of these teams representing the AFC gives you the opportunity for just an amazing game on the biggest night of the sporting year for us. But um, the reason I'm talking about that is when it comes to my pick, it's the Chiefs for all the reasons that Phil said. I think Andy Reid in pressure situations, you know, is gutsy but bright and still you know doing it better than anyone else uh, at the nfl level and mahomes not only has he been there before i think he's played as well as he ever has i'm gonna go Chiefs. so the kansas city chiefs by a score of two to one are our first team in club dub work of that one down one to go and I mean I suppose a bit like the Chiefs against the Bengals we have on paper a clear favorite here because you've got the Rams the stacked division winning Rams um against the wild card long shot San Francisco 49ers who you know barely made it in you know not like the Bengals who at least came in as division winners barely made it into the postseason Um, But yeah, JB, when it comes to the Rams, are we going to see the first half Rams from the weekend or the second half Rams and do the 49ers really stand a chance? Could they do it and get a win over LA in SoFi? Uh,
1: Yes, because uh, to to kind of pull something Phil uh, referenced already this week and something we referenced from time to time, on any given Sunday, anything can happen. So you can't count anything out, especially – In another one of these really great Sean McVay versus Kyle Shanahan battles that we're we're going to have for hopefully years to come, Um, the Rams I think are probably considered the favorite by most, just because of kind of the the high star power, like team that they've got like we've already spoken about like aaron donald and von miller and jalen ramsey on defense but then throwing in cooper cup and matt stafford and kind of the the great not just stars but even the the people that you would necessarily call role players like your your tyler Higbees and maybe your cam acres coming back from the injury you know they might not like blow the doors off but they're gonna do their job and they're gonna do their job well versus a San Francisco 49ers team that is kind of the opposite. They don't really have that many stars outside of what maybe George Kittle on offense and Nick Bosa on defense, but yet they're doing. Amazing things with the the players that you've got and kind of giving weight to the adage that it's not necessarily the number of star players that you have. It's the squad that you put together kind of reminds me for like, you know, association football or soccer fans of that year that Leicester won the Premier League. They, they didn't have the best squad by any means. They didn't have the best star players by any, way, but they played the absolute best games and were the best squad for the entire season and won because of it. You kind of see, see that a little bit with the 49ers. So it's exciting, particularly when you add into the fact that not only is this a rematch, much like the, the Chiefs and the Bengals is, but this is a, a rematch rematch because we've already seen this game twice this year yeah. and i think Rival. the 49ers won both including week 18 so what 3 weeks ago the last time these these people lined up and yeah it was it was week 18 and yeah players were rested and potentially and all of that kind of stuff but the 49ers still won
2: yeah came back from 17 so- points down didn't they and all of that yeah. stuff I mean, the only thing from a San Francisco point of view I would add, and I obviously as a Cardinals fan, I'm not huge on the Rams or the 49ers generally, but I do think Shanahan and McVeigh have to be given a lot of credit for what they've done. And, and Shanahan, I think, is, in years gone by, has made so much of... I won't say average receivers, but but a receiver core without a standout superstar name in it, you know, the way he schemes, the way he he builds these offensive schemes, he can do amazing things. I think when you say Kittle on offense and you say Bosa on defense, as much as I agree, I think there is something different about the 49ers, and I think it's Debo Samuel this year, I think he is a superstar. I think he will be a superstar in the league for many years to come. We've seen Corderell Patterson have, you know, a kind of resurgent year with the Falcons and what he can do as a running back receiver or returner. For me, I think Debo Samuel is a step up. Um, I think he is as good a running back as any top level running back. I think he is as good a receiver as any top level receiver in the league. And I think, you know, what you saw really towards the end of the regular season and really whenever the 49ers have looked best, he has been at the centre of everything. And, you know, one game, one game plan, one scheme, you know, that that Shanahan might put together could be the difference. And I think in Debo Samuel, they have a different, a true difference maker finally on offence. So I think the Samuel effect comes in as well. Um, PB, though, let's throw over to you. What are your thoughts, 49ers-Rams?
0: Yeah, I agree with you, actually. I think Debo Samuel is going to be, a, he's going to have a big part to play if they are going to win. Um, I think that shows, you know, in the, the game against the Rams when they got in, you know, in week 18. And I think it also shows in, in last week's game against Green Bay. But the, the fact that we're only two weeks, three weeks removed from that week 18 game where... They went to the Rams Stadium and beat them to get in. You know, there's there should be no fear there because they've been there and they've done it. You know, Shanahan kind of has that hoodoo over McVeigh, but then you know, is this the game where McVeigh breaks that hoodoo to to make the Super Bowl again? You know, it's it's, it's going to be a fascinating game. I think the Rams. I, th- I think they need to make Stafford. Oh, sorry, the the Niners have to make Stafford uncomfortable to 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 kind of have a chance. I don't see it the same way. I don't I you know I think the Rams will get to, to Garoppolo and I, I don't think Garoppolo is as good a quarterback as Stafford. Um, but Garoppolo has been there before he's been to a Super Bowl whereas Stafford, you know, this the first time he's won a playoff game is this year. So you know you never know if, if there are any jitters, you know, if it gets to, to kind of squeaky bum time at the end of the game and, and there's not much in it and the ball's in Stafford's hands, you know, has he got the temperament to to kind of see at home, is he the guy that you want, you know, with the, the ball in his hand with two minutes left to win the game? I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think the running game is going to be a big part for the 49ers. I think that they're going to have to um, get, you know, some, some kind of sweeps, uh, some handoffs to Samuel, um, you know, to really change things up. I think Elijah Mitchell yeah. is running really well as well. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be a fascinating game. um And you could really see it either way, you know. I think the Rams are the heavy favourite. They're at home. They're the highest seed, but the Niners beat them three weeks ago, so you never know. Uh,
2: I I completely agree with your last few points there. I think the 49ers need misdirection, whereas the Rams, you know, if they just play with might, you know, if they just throw everything at the 49ers, you, you feel that could be enough. I also love, in the last few weeks, we've had comments from our American fans who watch our podcast of all things on our YouTube channel. And when you use the phrase squeaky bum time, I wondered, I wonder how that translates in the US. I wonder if they have an understanding or even an equivalent. So it basically means um, in those big moments, how are you going to perform? Uh, I can't really give you much more of the history. Does it, is it an Alex Ferguson phrase? I'm trying to think where it comes from. It comes from So, so Alex Ferguson, the famed former manager of the Manchester United soccer team. Um, I think might have coined that one. Um, but yeah, it, on the one hand, you go, the 49ers, you, you said it, JB, have that hoodoo. But I think the Rams are heavy favourites, aren't they? I think hoodoo or not, two regular season wins or not, you know, I don't know. You look on paper and you look particularly at that first half against Tampa Bay and you think the Rams should have too much. I mean, JB, was there anything in that second half against the Bucks, that should give the 49ers hope, or was it simply a case of the Rams taking their eye off the ball?
1: No, it absolutely has to give the 49ers hope, because if the Rams took their eye off the ball then, what's to say they're not going to do the same thing again? Like, the, the worst thing about mistakes... In in these kind of environments is you make one and you spend so much time fixating on not making that same mistake again that you make a different one and then you make a different one and then you make a different one and kind of I think to go back to a little bit of what PB said it's putting Stafford in those kind of situations where you're rushing him, where you're hurrying him where you're essentially forcing him to make mistakes And I, I on this podcast rate Matt Stafford quite highly. I really like him, but he is absolutely in that pack of quarterbacks that once you make him make, uh, you like pressured, uh, forced errors, you then very quickly slip into him making unforced errors. And once you've got those in play, all of a sudden the door is wide open for that San Francisco 49ers come back if, we, if we're looking at it like that, or that, yeah. that opening for the 49ers to just take the game by the scruff of the neck and run all
2: the way off with it. There's a weird one, you know, that's in my mind. You know that play from the weekend against the Packers where Jimmy Garoppolo was kind of forced out of the pocket and he ends up running right and running right and buying himself time and then throwing that pick. And, you know, I think it was it Troy Aikman who was commentating, I'm Maybe maybe it was the weekend before, but Troy Aikman said, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo underthrows those so often he's got to get better at that. The weird thing is you look at the Rams and think they have all of the strengths that should absolutely expose 49er weaknesses. You know, the ability to make Jimmy G move, the ability to force him out of the pocket with with Miller and not only actually Miller and Donald, but a a whole supporting cast once you've got, you know, two people on the O-line probably doubling on Donald. I mean, it feels like the Rams match up really well against the 49ers yet they didn't beat them regular season or, you know, certainly that week 18 game doesn't, doesn't go to that script at all. Does it? It's going to be fascinating. Um, but yeah, the 49ers, could they be the fairy tale or will this year's fairy tale be the Bengals? That's probably the question. So is there anything else? Well, let's quickly do defense. Bosa, Needs to have a great game, needs to put pressure on Stafford. You've just said that. Is there anything else defensively that the 49ers have got that could maybe stop Cooper Cup, that could maybe stop Odell Beckham Jr.? I mean, is there anything the 49ers can do or do they just have to be prepared to put up points like they did in the regular season?
0: I think they, they need to be good against the run as well, you know, Akers has come back and Akers has come back and aside from the fumble at the weekend, I think he's he's looked pretty good considering the you know the the scale, the severity of the injury he had at the start of the year. But um yeah, I think they're a they're a decent team against the run. So I think that's you want to be as good in every phase of the game as you can be. I think special teams is probably gonna play a part as well. Um, you know, we've seen that in other playoff games. So I know we talk about the offense and the defense, but you know, it wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me to for this to be um all pinned down, you know, to a one special team play that either wins the game or costs the game or something like that, you know. Matt Gay injured himself in the warm-up before the, the Rams game against the Buccaneers, you know, last weekend. Um, if he'd not have been able to go, you know, <laughs> who's to say that they'd have scored that, the, the game-winning field goal. So um There'll be something, something will happen that will, will be, you know, that moment in the game that, that changes it all. But mm. um on the on the Rams side of the ball, you know, it's it's they've got to get to, to Garoppolo and I think they will. Um, so it's going to be a battle of which O-line plays the best, I suppose. I
2: like that. You wonder if Jalen Ramsey, I mean you wonder turnovers, don't you? And then you think about Ramsey or Donald or somebody, you know, coming up with a big play on D for, for the Rams. Um it, it's another great game. I think it, it it's just got competitive written all over it. As much as I think the Rams are so much better on paper, I can't imagine them running away with it. Um, JB, what are your thoughts? Is there any other key battle? So a, a quick point on special teams, actually, PB, because you said it. What a great kind of playoff run kickers have had. I mean, we've just talked about field goals as time expired, but I mean, every single one of them's been hit. I mean, I know the Rams missed one. I know... You know, Green Bay had one blocked. But generally speaking, kickers who, you know, we've seen a few of them have off games, you know, in the regular season and just kind of lose their edge. What a brilliant playoffs it's been for field goal kickers thus far. You know, will it be on one of their shoulders again? But yeah, JB, anything else to mention before I start throwing around for your picks for Club Dub?
1: I mean, I think on defense, the main thing the San Francisco 49ers need to do is not let cooper cup wander around in the backfield uncovered because based on what we saw last weekend it'll end badly yeah it sorry happen. phil
2: he cooper cup is deceptively everything right deceptively fast deceptively good hands deceptively elusive yeah him and debo samuel i think are um i know we've got jamar chase and tyreek hill in the other game haven't we we've got superstar receivers everywhere but they are you know, so underrated, you know, they're not the the names like the Hopkins or the Mike Evans, but so underrated. Uh, and yeah, let, let's see if one of them makes the difference, not only this weekend, but in a couple of weeks time in the big one. So um, I think we've kind of given a few clues already, but um, it's time to roll around our virtual room and pick our second team into Club Dub. The Chiefs are already in there enjoying a few drinks beyond the velvet rope. But, but Phil, Rams or 49ers, who's in Club Dub next? Who gets your vote?
0: I think I'm going to go away from, you know, the, the form and the few weeks ago. I think it was mistakes that cost the Rams that game. Uh, you know, Stafford trying to pick in overtime as an example. And I, I just think they'll make sure, you know, in the playoffs, they'll, they'll play it safe and make sure they're not making mistakes like that. So for me, I think it will be
2: the Rams going into club dub and making the Super Bowl. So, PB, you go Rams. JB, is there a cliffhanger or are you going the way of McVeigh and the blue and yellow?
1: In one of our weeks th- I think in our week three preview, we talked a little bit about who we thought the worst o- and uh, sorry the best Owen two teams were and the worst two and O teams. And three out of the four of us said that the Broncos were the worst a 2 and 0 team and i was the only person to say that the worst 2 and 0 team was the san francisco 49ers i am throwing myself at the feet of of 49ers nation or the whatever their fan uh, fan base is called i am really I am,
2: endearing yourself to them right I now i am yeah.
1: i am begging for forgiveness and i am i am feeling the gold rush i am hitching my wagon to the San Francisco 49ers this weekend.
2: Well, that is a shock. I mean, they have been an underdog each week in the playoffs, probably an underdog for the last few weeks, the regular season to even make it, but to pick the 49ers to get to the Super Bowl, Jimmy G under, wow. Okay, that's bold. Um, Right, it is left to me then as a cliffhanger. You can probably tell by my reaction to your pick of the 49ers, JB. The team I think are going to win are the Rams. I think they are better in so many ways, and I'm with Phil. I think the thing that tends to cost the Rams is mistakes. I mean, it nearly costs them at the weekend, but I, I see them cleaning those up, and I'm going to put the Rams into club dub. <laughs> there we go another show done a short show with less games but we think it's going to be the rams against the chiefs in the super bowl you can follow us on our various social channels to see what Aldrin adds to the mix with his picks he will be back for our shows next week but you know what here's the beautiful thing if it ends up being 49ers bengals or really any combination of the final four teams i think we are in for a treat when it comes to the super bowl i think we've got four teams who know how to play and put on a show there really is no you know bad news story here unless you have a particular affiliation for any one of those four so yeah we reckon it's going to be the Chiefs and Rams let us know what you think but gentlemen what a stunning show some amazing predictions I can only imagine they will all come true should we get ourselves back together next week and not only recap these games but start to look at head coaches for the floundering teams who are hoping to make it to these kind of games in a year's time how's that sound sounds good to me Well, let's do it then. Thank you everyone in Listenerland for listening. We'll pick up with you early next week. Enjoy the weekend's games. Thanks Thanks a lot. This is amazing. (gasps) Remember to subscribe and be keen to tell your friends.